Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to Down to Chat with your host, Steve-O. And today, I have a very special guest for you. Very special to me, so that should mean that she's very special to you. It's Cassidy. Cassidy DeSantis. Follow her on Instagram. No, she'd probably be pissed I said that. <laughs> anyway, Cassidy, how are we doing today? Well, I was doing good, but... <laughs> <laughs> Scratch the last part if we can get the uh, editing team No, to... I'm sure anyone who follows you has seen me on your page. Absolutely. And if they want to follow me, I don't know. I guess that's their own prerogative. Right on, Cassidy. Thank you so much for being here. Um, guys, I've been trying to get her on for a few weeks now just because... She's really cool, and I'm not biasedly saying that. I'm saying it because even before we started romantically uh, hanging out or, like, having those feelings for each other, we would we were friends, and we would, like, have these conversations that were just different than, personally, I felt um, that I'd had with, like, someone in, in a little while. And just different perspectives. It's that thing that I talk about throughout this whole season so far of my podcast of just, like, ways that you can improve with yourself by broadening your perspective or changing your perspective or uh, trying to see things through someone else's eyes. So what I wanted to really talk to Cassidy about um, on here, which we have before, but specifically on here was, uh, Cassidy, when you first moved here, um, and maybe you can talk a little bit like from where you came from, I guess, but when you first moved here, like what was your impression and like what were you expecting? Um... I really wasn't expecting anything, to be honest. My move here was very, like, um, fast. It, it, I did it out of, like, I, I was trying to leave Vegas. I'm not from Vegas, but I was born there. And then I moved to Michigan, so I was pretty much raised there my whole life. And I've lived a lot of other places, like Illinois, Arizona. But um, then, I guess, when I moved here, I didn't have any expectations, and I never wanted to live here. So I just kind of learned as I went, I suppose. Um, did you did you like hear anything about Los Angeles in the before the move, in the process of moving, and from people like when you had first got here? Um, I guess I realized how big the industry really was, like the film industry and all of that. But I guess the only impression or the only thing I ever knew about L.A. was uh, Valley Girls. So <laughs> I didn't really know much. I never really cared to move to L.A. It was never like a plan of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the peop- I think the reason it ended up being good for me is because you meet a lot of transplants. And those transplants are also just like trying to make it. And everyone is kind of more happy here because they move here specifically for a reason. That's why... No one is really LA native, and those who are, it's like few. But it is cool to know those people too. It's just different. So since being here, have you met any LA natives? Mm, yes, but mm, do I have any that are my close friends? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I know just a lot of transplants. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think their take on LA? I know I'm peppering you with these questions, but uh, like, what do you think their take on LA when you talk to them is versus uh, how you felt when you like first came here? Well, I think everyone's is a little different. A lot of people have come here for like the entertainment industry. So I think that's the people I'm surrounded with more, but um, I'm sorry. What was your second? Just uh, how how did it differ from you? Like oh. when you like you would talk to them or have these conversations. For well, for example, like like us, right? When we first got here, there were some similarities in how I felt, how you felt. Um, 
but also there were some differences. Like you had lived, I guess, like a, a different life and you've been to other places. I hadn't been to as many places or anything like that. So I had more of a, I would say like naivety. Um, it's a naivete when I <laughs> first had moved out here versus versus the way you looked at it. You know what I'm saying? Mm, okay. Like how would I see it as different? Uh, that's kind of... If you do. Um... Well, it kind of turned me off a little bit that everyone is in the... Like, I swear, I've said this before, that everybody wants to be famous here. Even people in tech, even people in, um, like, any industry. Like, you can meet somebody who's a general manager at a bar or someone who's um, getting their CPA and going, like... I swear there's a there's a touch of like everybody wanting to be famous and I think that's a main reason a lot of people move to LA. Even if they won't admit it, I genuinely believe that to be true. Because of the accessibility? Yeah, I mean, when I first moved to Vegas, I always told people it was to meet family, which is partially true, but the majority of it was so that I was closer to LA, but I was too scared to actually go to Damn. LA. But I never cared to go to LA, but it was like, oh, if I'm closer to LA, it's like kind of closer to my dream, even though my dream was always New York. Mm-hmm. And now I don't even know if that's true, but that's why I moved to Vegas, but I've never really told anybody that. I might've told you, but I don't think so. Well, I just told the world or the all world. <laughs> 13 of my followers. <laughs> um, that's rude. Let's get these followers out. <laughs> Cool. So when you moved out here, it was just like whatever, and you kind of thought that people out here were, w- were out here to pursue well, yeah. the entertainment industry and whatever facet it is, but yeah. to be involved that way. Uh-huh. Cool. Now that you've been here for almost two years, has that perspective changed? Um, the only thing that's changed is that that thought was a thought, and now it's a known fact. <laughs> <laughs> Now I know for sure everyone is fake. <laughs> Can I swear on here? Absolutely. <laughs> no, I was kidding. I was just yeah. Um, so no, I I think my point was kind of proven. I feel like everyone I know is like a little uh, um, clout forward. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone kind of has that thing where they want to be special, and that's fine because everyone is special in their own way, but everyone wants to showcase that in some way. Yeah, my mom told me that once too, yeah. Yeah, whether that's podcasting or whether that's um, acting or whether that is singing. Like, there is some reason that somebody has something that they want to be, like, known for, and whatever they do in their day-to-day isn't, like, really who they are, I suppose. Or maybe it is, but it's, like, also just a little covered mm-hmm. like everyone's really scared to show who they truly are what they truly want because in this like well just for society purposes like everyone's like gotta go to school you gotta get a good job you gotta start a family you gotta buy a house and it's like that's fine and all and i believe that those things work for some people but i think because it's so like driven into like societal norms that we believe we have to do those things so we kind of put off our dreams or stuff that makes us happier so, so that's like a general that's like bigger than la that's just a in general um well that's i guess it is bigger than la but i also believe that that's the majority of why people come here it's like subconsciously they mm-hmm. they want to pretend that they're gonna live their lives and whatever but they have that urge just in them so like if they're here they're able to 
they're like, oops, it, I just, it just happened. Yeah. <laughs> I fell into it. Right yeah. place, right time. Like, but wouldn't you, you would go closer and closer to the things you want subconsciously, even if it is kind of a conscious thing, but it is, I would say mostly um, subconscious to most people. So do you think that people that move out here for the reason of, for a job or for the weather or for whatever it is? Yes. Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> what you're about to ask me, yes. <laughs> Mid question. Uh, do you think that pre- that presents them as a fake person? If um, they, yeah, boom. So yes. Listen to the question. <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, do you think it presents them as like a fake person versus them being real if they're, like based on what you're saying, subconsciously uh, out here for that reason? I think uh, the old me, like two days ago me, would say yes, that's fake as fuck. Um, but the today me <laughs> would say, now after what I have just said, like because everything is kind of subconscious, that maybe they aren't fake as fuck. They just haven't like accepted that in them yet. And mm-hmm. it's like a fear. So maybe I wouldn't say like they're fake for not, you know, just being open and honest about who they are, but it's like they're fearful of being who they really are mm-hmm. so maybe they're just like you know scaredy cats <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's not about <laughs> yeah i don't know um i don't know i don't really i can't say i know like i mean i did say i know for sure so i'm gonna backpedal on that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> i would think that like everyone's just trying to figure stuff out and i think it's hard and i think a lot of people find it easier to do that here so yeah i mean so I, for example, I've talked about it on the podcast, I've talked about it with you, like the whole idea of acting has always scared me. And that's like something you just have to pursue or just do, or like you have to just do it. You can't, you know what I mean? It, I guess for some people like, uh, what was it? Bo Burnham? <laughs> Bo Burnham. Uh, what was he saying He was earlier? lucky, privileged, and still unhappy. And still unhappy. So those first two things, lucky and privileged. I definitely have had privileges in my life. Fantastic. I've definitely been lucky. Uh, but I think acting is a the right circumstance of privilege and luck that comes into play if you don't do anything to get there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I can see you're about to say something. No. I, I... For, for me, I don't think that I have the privilege or the luck for it just to like happen like that. And so... <laughs> oh, you disagree. And so like I would really have to try a little bit more than maybe I'm used to at something. Um, whereas like my current job, not that it's necessarily luck or privilege, but like, uh, right place, right time. Um, I'm a hard worker and like, it just worked out. You know what I mean? That I got that. I got promoted after I got promoted after like a month. Like what the fuck? That's what I'm saying. So what were you going to say? Uh, oof, I don't want to come at you on your own. Oh, podcast. let's go. Let's go. <laughs> but there was just some things you said where it's like, it's not about luck or privilege. And at the end of the day, it's still not. That's exactly what Bo Burnham was saying, that you're going to be unhappy no matter what. Yeah. Like there's not going to be this pinnacle. Like there's not going to be this point that you reach that you believe that because you get there, like I'm, I'm famous. I made it. I'm a movie star. You're like, no one's ever going to be happy no matter what they think or who they think they have to prove whatever to. Based on that. Yes. Okay. But when you said, um, like, you like acting and it's a passion of yours and you believe that... You said, what, you're not lucky or you're not... In that instance of how Bo Burnham was saying that he's lucky and he's privileged. I believe that... I don't know how... I don't know what he means by privileged because a lot of people who are in the entertainment industry are privileged by money or privileged because they have somebody already in that industry. So it's easier for them to make a breakthrough. Um, I think that's what privilege is in the entertainment industry. Um, but 
as for uh, luck, I think you're a very lucky person. And then besides privilege and luck, I think it's determination. And as I do like congratulate you on how often you submit and how much you like try for like auditions and how much you uh, like, I don't know, the whole process of like getting there, right? But there's one thing I think you could do and you do not do on purpose because out of it's fear. <laughs> Let's go. Do you know what I'm do you, do you even no, I'll just say it. Um one thing about acting is that it's hard and it's scary, but how are you going to get better if I don't put myself in those situations such no. as an acting class? <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Cuz it's like, well, what's the point like you're you're afraid of going to an acting class. Yeah. And I was afraid of going to my first acting class, my first um monologue i was shaking and hyperventilating and i was like choking on my own spit so um it was it was a lot and i've always been like scared of it but i've always loved it Mm -hmm. when i was a kid that's why that's the thing though if you're a child actor you don't have to worry about it but (laughs) yeah it's the fear that like is brought into the adulthood and then it's just like we're smothered in fear as adults Mm -hmm. but we're like careless as children Mm -hmm. so i don't know i don't want to get off topic but I just think um, that's one thing you could do. But anyways, your podcast though. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't even remember what the original point was. I just think that was a really good point of like, I like I gaslight myself into thinking that I'm like, no, no, that's cool. I'm just going to do it on my own, whatever. I don't need to go to a class and shit. When I know that you're right, that I am just afraid to do it. And like, bro, I spend like $400 on food like every so many weeks. Why can't I just put that into classes that are over the same amount of time? Yeah. Dumpster dive. So you have enough for... Amen, right? <laughs> Uh, in LA, it's it's hard though. It's like, what do you choose between food or um, acting classes? Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah, no, I mean uh, that's a good point, and um, I mean that's I like appreciate that honesty too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, or you can just <clears throat> lie to me next time. But whatever. Yeah. Anyway, back to the podcast. Uh, so is LA a dog friendly city or what? <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into the next question. <laughs> Climate. Oh my god, I can't say it. I don't want to. I don't want to be me on your podcast. I want to be the respectful, nice. <laughs> okay, so uh, dog friendly city. We got very heated about that one time. Um, so Steve and I were walking around because I was very restless one night. And um, we were walking, and he stepped in dog shit. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's not just we were walking. We walked into a fucking grocery store. (laughs) I was getting there. I was going to say the shit happened to be inside of the Ralphs, which would warrant anyone's, like, you know, anger. And I totally believe that he was fully, like, everything was, like, 100% fine how he reacted because I would have been just as pissed. Um... But then he started talking. Or no, was that the time? I don't know. We've talked about this many times, actually. I remember yeah. us walking home talking about how, uh, like, dogs in restaurants and dogs in public places is kind of um, just a lot. But I can't remember why we said it's not a dog-friendly city. Or I said that. I don't remember. Well, first of all, let me, let me prompt the question. And you can take a second to pause and think about this and really what you want. But is Los Angeles truly a dog-friendly city? And, and I don't mean dog-friendly and dog-accessible as the same thing. I mean, like, like dog-friendly. And this is where Cassidy's point is going. Oh, see, now I kind of remember. Um, it ties off of L.A. being fake and how I said it was fake and how I said 
everybody in LA wants to perceive or like show this lifestyle of like, I have it all. I have a job. I, I acted and I also have a dog. And it's like, how do you have time to take care of your dog? That's why it's not a friendly city. Like there are people who work two jobs, three jobs, like, and still have a dog. And I'm like, what? So you come home at night and take him outside and walk him right back in. That's not a dog friendly city. Seattle, I feel like, or there's like so many cities that are dog friendly. Like, and I don't mean dog friendly, like, yeah, like you said, it's not just like dog accessible, but everybody has a dog here. And I'm like, how do you have time? How do you have money? How do you have like the ability? How do you have the space in your apartment? Like mm. those are so many things that I'm like, it's not a dog friendly city. Also, no one's dogs in LA are trained. <laughs> like the only ones that are trained are the ones you see at Runyon and they're right next to their uh, owner. Other than that, the dogs are terrible. We went to a restaurant. There was dogs sniffing our food and the lady who was holding the dogs was like, no, don't do that. That's not good. That's bad. And I was like, yeah, you know what's also bad? Like you not knowing how to train your dogs. So how is that friendly? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's what we were saying is that it's a fake city. And that's like the people don't know. They're like, everyone's oblivious here, especially when it comes to dogs. But it's not about training. It's not about what you can afford for your dog. It's about are you a good enough owner to handle your dog? Mm. And there's a lot of people who just have dogs because they're like, I just want a puppy. Like, that's so rude. Like, have a dog, that's put it very in dog irresponsible. daycare, and, like, do everything. Like, they don't really see their dog or, like, if, give it yes, love. Or, yes, yeah, Or I, live in, like, an apartment building and shit. Yeah, I have much more love for dogs and humans <laughs> because do- people treat their dogs like crap, and yeah. I think that's sad because I want a dog so badly, but I know that I don't have the lifestyle for it right now. I would feel miserable feeling like I'm leaving my dog at home for hours for him to just like stare at the wall. Mm-hmm. Like that's sad. I don't care any amount of toys and treats you have. Like it's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. So, but that that's not even just LA. It's just LA is so cramped with people that I don't think it's very dog friendly. That's what we said. San Diego mm. was dog friendly mm. because it's like more relaxed there. You, you know, even if you do work an eight hour job, like you can take him out in the morning. Like you just have more like of a relaxed vibe there i feel stuff like that where it's like you can bring your dog out more like just open i don't know cool well what do you got planned for i guess like the the near future like what's going on with you what what kind of things do you do that bring you joy something recently i've been doing that i actually think is the next step and maybe the right move for me is writing. I get a lot of joy from that. Um, I've been writing skits. I have a friend that wants to write this show with me, and that's been really fun. I mean, talking about it has been fun, but the execution has been a little sad. <laughs> but, Less than ideal. Yeah. But other than that, yeah. Something creative. I think my mind just runs very fast and at high speeds. So, so you enjoy writing. Uh, you're, you know, starting to write a show that kind of stuff different different um like comedy bits and sketches and whatnot how do you see that you know being executed in the future like what do you what do you hope comes from that see that's the that's uh a big topic but i'll try to keep it simple um that's the thing that i have just come to the realization of that everything i feel that the entertainment industry offers me would be like this gratification or I would be making it because I made it big or I and I'm like I'm coming to the realization of like who am I trying to prove that to 
Like if I love me and I care about me, why do I care about making it? Like, what is it for the money? Is it for the fame? Is it for, you know, because I want everyone to love me. And I just realized I've gotten to this point in my life that I want to do something because I love it and it brings me joy and it, you know, excites me or gets me moving. But I don't want to do it for other, I don't want to do it to get like appreciation from others. And I think that's where I used to like fall. And that's what took away some of the satisfaction or some of the joy from the... It wouldn't, it doesn't take away the joy, but now it's like, well, am I doing it for me or was I doing it for everybody else to think like some way about me? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to be an actress so people think like, you know, I got it. And then I realized I, I was kind of bored with that idea of like impressing others. And I don't do anything to impress others. I don't want to. Maybe I did before, but now I've come to this, like, I'm like, dang, I really want to do something creatively for me. And I want to write something I'm proud of. Um, I don't want to write something that, like, is going to be mainstream or everyone loves. Like, I mean, there's shows that hit both, you know. Just more thought-provoking in that there's a deeper level of artistry that that are in it. Yeah, like, that's me and creative, not, like garbage we do just so that there's more series on netflix Mm -hmm. like that's i guess what i think or feel is that the the way that you would define making it would be getting a show on netflix or yeah see that's what i'm saying like it's like oh i have a show on netflix like i've made it no i don't necessarily think that means that i think it i used to believe that um well do you think you have clear expectations or you have defined expectations or um on what that means to you what making it means to you but only like for you Mm, no, I think that's what I'm working on. Okay. I think I need to figure out what making it means to me or mm-hmm. how I'm going to feel fulfilled at the end of the day or at whatever goal I'm trying to obtain, I suppose. So just set clear goals, figure out the clear expectations as well. Yeah, but I think, well, yeah. I just think goals can be misleading. I think a lot of people think they need to achieve something, but nobody, like everyone's rushing to the finish line, like... I just need to do this because like if I do this then this and then I'm happy but that's why I'm like not in a hurry like I believe by being around good people by having small hobbies by getting outside by you know doing whatever small things lead to bigger things like kind of right place right time situation um I do believe you need to actively work towards your goals or whatever those are to you, but I don't think they need to be cemented. Mm-hmm. I feel like most people believe goals are this concrete cemented, and if I don't get it, I'm a failure. And I don't think that's fair for anyone to put that on themselves. Fair. So kind of last week uh, or recently I was talking about goals and whatnot and like setting small, small short-term and long-term goals as well. And what I think is interesting is that I look at goals differently is not as like this thing that I need to get to so that I can feel fulfilled or whatever it is, but just that like, it's more of a benchmark. And maybe that's something that I came to terms with for myself, that my goals are more benchmarks, but they're short-term benchmarks and long-term. So if you've been keeping up with my podcast and you listen to my episode where I talked about goals, uh, yeah, here's a little bit more clarity. It's more of a setting a benchmark for yourself in my perspective, from my opinion. Um, what would you say on that? I would say that's good. I think the more you set small achievable benchmarks or whatever it takes for you to get to the next step in your life, um, 
like prepares you for taking on bigger things. So then you're like, oh, I can do this. Like whatever I just said I could do, I did and I fulfilled it. And even if it, no matter how small or however you feel about it, you still accomplish something. And then that gives you the motivation or the energy to do more and keep going and growing. But just as long as you've aligned yourself with the path you want to be on, no matter how much you steer off or whatever, I still think you get there. There's, what do they say, many roads or many ways to roam or whatever the saying is? Sure. There's many, uh, there's so many ways you can get to the place that you want to get to. And sometimes it's the way you never thought you would go. The the path less traveled, as Robert Frost uh, once said. <laughs> Why are you smirking at me like that? <laughs> you want myself to know this? I don't know. I feel like it's a pretty uh, common quote, but maybe I'm just wrong. Anyway. Uh, no, it's fine. It's just the way you looked at me. I thought, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was, like, in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely were. Anyway, guys, uh, Cassidy, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Um, I, I truly enjoyed having you on here, and I'm, I'm glad that we had this uh, this time. Yes, thanks. I'm, I said thank you earlier because I thought we were done, but now thank you. And I'm going to shake your hand this time again. I just I cut it short. Uh, song of the Week this week is going to be Worst Day by Elenium. Uh, it's from his new album that just came out a couple weeks ago. Worst Day. It's a really cool song. And uh, yeah, thanks for being down to listen. As always, I'm down to chat. I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>